Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. tuned in to the Roto Experts. Rise and shine, fantasy players. It is a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Monday, July 23rd. Let's cock-a-doodle do it. This is Roto Experts in the morning right here on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am your host, Dane Martinez. They call me Speed's Spitting Statistician. And as usual, I am overjoyed to be joined by FSWA Hall of Famer, El Rey de Fantasia, the king, Scott Angle. Scotty, how you doing so far on Monday? How was your weekend? Que tal? Uh, weekend was good. Uh, and, you know, training camps are... Getting yeah, ready man. to open here, so we got you ready at rotoexperts.com with the exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package. Over 70 links there to get you ready, uh, including our uh, including our cheat sheet generator and our comprehensive player cards. Enter the king at checkout for a discount. Absolutely. Enter the, ch- the king at checkout. You get a little special discount. You definitely need that Roto Experts exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package. Getting you everything you need to win your leagues and win that cash. My man, the king, was a little bit, you know, modest there. You forgot to tell you that his rankings, also the rankings for the number one accuracy expert in the business, the all-in kid, our guy, Jake Seeley. But you mentioned, Scotty, I mean, <clears throat> camps are some have opened. Some are opening this week. You get the buzz, and you're going to really see people on the field practicing, and that's what's going to generate some of our news. We're going to not have to read as many tea leaves. The tea leaves will be presented right in front of us in the form of practice. And, Scotty, one of the first things that I see that I want to get your take on, these Baltimore Ravens are apparently running a lot of plays, Scotty, with both quarterbacks on the field, with Joe Flacco and Lamar Jackson on the field. They were even saying, Aditi Kinkawala from the NFL Network was even saying that there were plays where Lamar Jackson and third-string quarterback RG3 are both on the field, which must be very, very interesting. Scotty, I mean, how does this play out? Is Joe Flacco just going to wind up being this starter the entire year? What happens if they start to, if things start going off the rails? Do you think they let Lamar Jackson take his bumps and bruises? Or do we see a word that I'm going to be saying a lot, I think, in the next month and a half. Do we see a package for Lamar Jackson? Maybe some Wildcats, some RPOs, some goal line stuff. How is this going to play out? They probably It sounds like they're going to want to get Lamar Jackson on the field because of his playmaking ability, Scott. 
The only thing for our purposes that we should be concerned about is not that Lamar Jackson's going to have packages designed for him or anything like that from a fantasy perspective because it doesn't help you. You know, that means he gets on the field for a play or two, maybe scores some sort of touchdown. It does hurt Flacco fantasy-wise, but you're not going to use you're not going to use Flacco fantasy either. It really depends on how the Ravens come out of the gate. If they start 0-3 or 1-4, you're going to see Lamar Jackson, and you got to keep him stashed on your fantasy bench. Now, maybe from a gambling perspective, uh, you know, that's something you want to watch, though, because the Ravens are going to put in all sorts of wrinkles here, you know, to keep opponents off balance, and, you know, that could end up winning, winning some ball games for them. All right, so definitely we got to keep your eye on that to know, like, is there a quote-unquote package, what the extent is? And like you said, <clears throat> maybe the biggest blow is to Joe Flacco if he's not on the field, or at least they're not uh, a traditional offense, shall we say, so you wouldn't be able to expect traditional things from their quarterback. Um, no, you ahead, wouldn't. Scott. And, uh, you know, with Flacco, you're not going to draft him anyway. It's more like how much upside does Jackson have because Jackson's getting drafted late in a lot of leagues and mm-hmm. if the, the fact that they're splitting him out of receiver, you know, maybe once in a while when you use him in DFS, if he's going to start, you know, he might could get you a bonus touchdown or something like that. Yeah, absolutely. We know running backs like that, that might only be on the field for a few plays, but wind up getting a touchdown, you know, LeGarrette Blunt, I'm thinking about Jerome Bettis back in the day, you know what I mean? Like, so maybe Lamar Jackson has some uh, utility in that way as well. So we'll definitely keep an eye out on that. Scott, uh, last week, I was telling you things like, oh, Kenneth Dixon cleared for practice. Allen Robinson cleared for practice. Deshaun Watson should be a full go for practice, right? Well, I think the most important update on any injury happened over the weekend, and we found out that in Indianapolis, Andrew, I'm up all night to get lucky, is going to avoid being on the pup list, okay? They're saying that he may not throw the football seven days in a row at camp, but the fact that he's not on the pup list is definitely a positive sign for Andrew Luck in Indianapolis. Scotty, I know like health was kind of the issue with Andrew Luck. When you hear this kind of formal positive sign, we may have heard that like, oh, he feels great and blah, blah, blah. But now this is the team making a distinction on him, which makes it think that he's going to be okay. Um, How does this impact you at all? Are you bumping up Andrew Luck because of health or bumping up a guy like T.Y. Hilton in the wide receiver ranks? Does the fact that this team seems to be a little bit more confident in Andrew Luck's health than they were paying lip service to last year, what kind of impact does that have for you, Scotty? Well, we have an injury report coming out this morning, like an injury update on rotoexperts.com exclusive edge package. And on Dom Cinturino, you know, expertly notes, though, that until we see him throw more consistently in the preseason, we can't know anything for sure. So it's a positive sign, but and it's certainly bigger progress than we've seen in a long time. But I think you still have to be cautious. You still have to see how he looks. You know, I think preseason games and the eye test are going to be a big, big factor. But it, it certainly it certainly warrants to bump each of these guys up about two or three slots in the ranks, but I don't think it merits necessarily a significant bump. Uh, I wonder in Vegas, you know, what uh, we're going to see. We're going to see a bump in the, you know, the win-loss totals there. 
Probably, if you go on over to mybookie.ag, don't forget, enter the promo code FNTSYFANTASY, you get a 50% deposit bonus. Yeah, we may see some movement in their win win total over there in Vegas if more and more people, because of this news or whatever the progression is for Andrew Luck, uh, think that that's a more stable bet. Scotty, you currently, at least at what I'm looking at, you have Andrew Luck rated as your 13th quarterback. I have you, I see him as QB 13 right ahead of Jared Goff, right behind Drew Brees and Matthew Stafford. Um, are you more comfortable moving him up over Drew Brees now? It's something I'm going to consider, but, you know, Matthew Stafford is somebody that what, – what is he at? Like, I don't know how many straight 4,000-yard seasons he's had now. And right. Geez, he's, I just feel like Stafford is so underrated and safe, and with Brees – you know, with with Ingram out for the first four games, I think I think Luck has the potential, but quarterback is so deep that I really don't even have to move him more than one spot. It's something I'll consider, you know, when I see him play. Okay, fair enough. But as you mentioned, I think the bigger point there is quarterback is so deep at that yes. level. You know, I mean, I'm looking a little bit above, a little bit behind what we're talking about. You know, I mentioned guys like Stafford, Breeze, there's Luck. There's everybody's darling Patrick Dasma Holmes in there as well. So, you know, kind of different flavors uh, for depends on what you like in a quarterback. If you wait, you could still get probably someone like that that you like will fall to you as you let the draft come to you. Um, yeah, and, and, you know, if you're going to take Luck, you know, it's still pretty good to – hedge a bet and, you know, maybe take a Mahomes a few rounds later or something like that or even a Marcus Mariota a few rounds later just in case, you know, you want to make yourself feel better. But in a lot of leagues, you don't even draft a quarterback. Like, you know, if you have somebody who hasn't missed any games in their career and, you know, is is pretty durable and pretty reliable. Like, you look at Stafford and, you know, early in his career he wasn't durable but now he is. You got a Philip Rivers. Sometimes you don't have to draft a backup. But you know, in the case of luck, you you want to give yourself maybe something with an upside backup. Maybe that's what you take a Lamar Jackson. Okay, fair enough. So yeah, uh, we are getting encouraging signs on luck, but he's certainly not the. Uh, you know, he's certainly not the stable when it comes to his health, like you mentioned some of these other quarterbacks. But Scotty, I mean, in Indianapolis, another guy that I heard that was cleared uh, for practice was starting running back Marlon Mack. Okay, we've heard that Robert Turbin there in Indianapolis is going to have a four-game suspension. I know that you've talked a lot about some of the kids in Indianapolis, Scott. Um, you know, Naheem Hines, there's Jordan Wilkins as well. I know also Jake talks about all the time this idea that the talent wins out, right? And in some of these cases, we should expect the new rookie uh, running back to start to, uh, you know, kind of take over. In Indianapolis, Marlon Mack doesn't have a lot of prestige, doesn't have a lot of track record. Talk to me about him holding off the guys like Jordan Wilkins, Naheem Hines. Uh, How do you think that's going to play out? could be a very crowded backfield in Indianapolis. It could, because you could be looking at a timeshare where Max running outside, Wilkins is running inside, and Tynes is catching passes. So you've got to be careful not to draw, overdraft Marlon Mack. He's got some bust potential for this year. Yeah, absolutely. And listen, this is not the only situation where we see that. And so what I want to do right now is I want to remind you guys, there's so many ways to join the show here. Okay, you could always call in at 844-843-6879. Another way to join the show is with a poll question. We got our guy JP the Night Owl down there in the fantasy pit of misery in the fourth floor. Dilly dilly to him bright and early in the morning. And so JP, we're going to ask you to put up a poll here on Fantasy Radio. And Scott, I need your 
your help in building it, all right? Because I heard other pieces of news over the weekend in the similar vein as like Ken Marlon, Mac hold off the kids, Jordan Wilkins, and Naheem Hines. I'm hearing beat reporters say, hey, Chris Carson in Seattle may open as the RB1 ahead of Rashad Penny. I'm hearing it. Uh, uh, um, uh, um. What? I was, I, was, I, was, I was saying that, that that was a possibility Absolutely. a few weeks ago, and Jake is like, ah, it's never going to Absolutely, happen, but know? there is more. Yeah. There is more, Scotty. We're hearing in Denver there is a possibility that Devontae Booker starts week one in Denver over Royce Freeman. So we have the same kind of questions, Scotty, that you're talking about. Who's going to start? Will Jake be correct in terms of the talent winning out? So I have, we have these three, JP, as we're building it. The question is almost like which incumbent running back do you think has the best chance to hold off the rookie? Is it Devontae Booker in Denver? Is it Chris Carson in Seattle? Is it a guy like Marlon Mack in Indianapolis? I can think of others. What about a guy like Carlos Hyde in Cleveland? You know, we've talked about what Nick Chubb does yeah. there. Um, we, we could even talk about, although I think it's a lesser chance, what about a guy like Peyton Barber in Tampa Bay? A guy like, you know, Samaje Pirine in Washington. Uh, that, For me... That's not happening, but what we what we haven't mentioned though is Cameron Artis Payne in Carolina. Yes, I, right, Scott. So here, well, that's where yeah. I was going. Okay. Yeah. So my question for you, Scott, is I have up here three options, and then other. I have Booker in Denver, Carson in Seattle, Hyde in Cleveland, and then as a fourth choice, other. Do you think those would be the top three choices? That was my question. You know, I was gonna because you you mentioned already Seattle, you mentioned Carolina. That's where I was going to, Scott. My question is for you. You know, we could put as three options, and then other. We could put Devontae Booker, Chris Carson, Carlos Hyde, or or we could put other people up there as the three options before the other. Which would be your top three options to include as specific ones for this poll, Scott? I go four for a good poll, and I would go. I would go right, but Scott, here's the thing: because yeah. there are so many options, we have to have the other option. So we can't have four. We need to have three. No, we can. We can have the four that we consider the most primary. I think. Okay, then we'll good. get. We'll deal with all the trolls. Yeah. But go ahead. Well, Carson Mac. Booker and Hyde, I would go. Carson, Mac, Booker, and Hyde. So there you have it, JP, down there in the pit of misery. What we want to know, Roto Experts in the morning, is asking the people which incumbent running back has the best chance to hold off the rookie. Is it Devontae Booker in Denver? Is it Chris Carson in Seattle? Is it Carlos Hyde in Cleveland? Or is it Marlon Mack in Indianapolis? Let us know. JP, don't forget to tag us. I'm at Spittin' Speeds. You got at Scotty Roto X, at the All In Kid, and at Roto Experts as well. We want to hear from you guys. Let us know what you think about the oncoming rookie running backs. All right, um, Scotty, there was another thing. I mean, remember last week at one point, I asked us to make sense of the Jets wide receiver room. Remember this, Terrell Pryor, Jermaine Kirsch, you got Quincy Anunua, you got Robbie Anderson, and a whole bunch of others. I talked about some of these kids, right? Well, it looks like that situation may be clearing itself up. We heard on Friday that Jets' second-year wide receiver, Ardarius Stewart, is facing a two-game suspension for performance-enhancing drugs. I think that makes a another young kid there, Chad Hansen, the biggest beneficiary of that because he may have a chance to break in as one of the kids that do so. But help me with this, Scotty. I mean, 
You got Curse. You got Pryor. You got Anunwa. You got Robbie Anderson. That's already four. There's even guys like Lucky, Lucky Whitehead, Seth Roberts, Chad Hansen. How do you think this breaks out? And the fact that Ardarius Stewart is going to miss two games, that kind of puts him at the back of the line in terms of making this wide receiver room, right? Yeah, I, w- I would say, like, if Panton was the guy that I heard the most about coming out of college with polished route running, et cetera. Yeah. But for fantasy purposes – you know, it's really about Robbie Anderson being a little bit underrated as the 42nd wide receiver off the board, according to Fantasy Pros. Uh, Anunwa is a guy that we know can move the chains. And Jermaine Curse is a good occasional DFS play and a better football player than he is a fantasy player. And Pryor's got a chance. You know, you look at the new injury report up on rotoexperts.com right now from Dom Cinturino. It's posted right now. It's uh, you know, talking about how Pryor just wasn't healthy. So Pryor's got some deep bounce back uh, potential for this year. And the Jets have a very deep receiving crew. And right. what I think is a very savvy young quarterback in Sam Darnold. So I, I think I think for fantasy purposes, you know, I outline who you want to watch. Don't bother with curse. Pryor is somebody in a 20-round league. You want to get late. Uh, a Numa, same thing. Uh, you definitely want to have shares of Robbie Anderson. And, you know, the Jets, I think, you know, could be a, an eight- or nine-win team this year. I think they have a deep receiving crew. Uh, they, they're kind of deep at running back. You know, defensively, I think they'll be okay. They play in a weak division. So, uh, fantasy-wise, not a whole lot to look there. But from a pure NFL perspective, uh, I think the Jets are going to be very competitive this year. Scotty, the Jets' season win total as it stands right now on mybookie.ag is six. You like the over on that then? I, I'll, I'll, you know what? I've, I, I'm here in New York where I don't think they've legalized gambling yet. But you can hop I'll, over the bridge. Maybe I'll tra- <laughs> take, take it in New Jersey transit train to Monmouth Park and put the, put the over on the Jets' win total this year. Yeah, I, I think that's an interesting bet. I think the Jets are, you know, Scotty, a couple things. I think the Jets are the second best team in that division, right? Obviously the mm-hmm. Patriots. I think they're the second best you. team. But here's the other thing, and, and, you know, this is a Jets fan talking. I give you that disclaimer. But, you know, teams, they go on cycles, right? Right, Scotty? Right. You know, like, and I think that the Jets are primed to when – Eventually, when the Patriots hit their downturn, I think the Jets will be capitalized and best in position to be able to be on the ascent at the right time. I mean, Tom Brady is like, what, going to be entering his, what, age 41 season? You have to assume that in two or three years, he's going to be gone, right? He's not going to be playing ball at age 44, 45, at least not at the level that he is. So I zoom, and you know, kind of, you could say the same thing about Rob Gronkowski. Remember, he's been considering, you know, does he want to play anymore with his back surgeries and stuff like that. So the Patriots, I think, will look different in two or three years, right? In two or three years, right, you're going to have Sam Darnold entering his third year, Probably on the ascent, I think we'll be in a better situation than, say, Buffalo Bills rookie quarterback Josh Allen. And the thing with the Dolphins for me, Scotty, is that I believe the Dolphins, quite frankly, are the furthest behind on the cycle. They have yet to bottom out because they still think that Ryan Tannehill can be their guy. In about two years, they're going to realize that that's not the case. They're just further behind in the cycle than the Jets are. In two or three years, the Dolphins are going to be at the place where they're drafting their next rookie quarterback – number two overall when the Jets are already, you know, have two years of Sam Darnold under their belt, Scott. Yeah, I think uh, I think Darnold probably I give him before the third year maybe to turn that corner. I would not be surprised if he has a very impressive rookie year, 
Buffalo and Miami have a lot of rebuilding. If it takes you two more years to realize Ryan Tannehill is not the guy, then you have some big organizational problems. But I think I think there's something you have to keep in mind in dynasty leagues too, especially when you look at uh, the Patriots, etc. Like, what do you do with Tom Brady if you play in a dynasty league? Like you astutely pointed out, Dane, you say two, three, two years he's not going to be playing. But then again, what you have to remember in dynasty leagues and keeper leagues is. You still want to win this year, so you right. got to keep that in mind too. Yeah, absolutely. And to be quite honest, you know, even in dynasty leagues, I'm trying to win. You know, because you never know what's going to happen down the road. You never know who's going to get hurt. You never know what rookie is going to come on and take someone's job, right? So yes, you absolutely do have to maybe lean a little bit towards the younger guys when you're building your team for the long term. But I'm I'm still trying to win a championship because flags fly forever, Scotty. You know, and you never know. You know, I mean. I was talking to Jake the other day in this exact kind of situation. We were talking about Pitt, the Pittsburgh Steelers running backs, you know, Le'Veon Bell holding out. Will this be his last year as a Steeler? Stuff like that. And the question was, like, listen, at the same day in uh, practice, they were talking about how much James Conner looks good, right? And can James Conner be this, you know, kind of uh, guy who fits right in there if Le'Veon Bell does, in fact, move on. But you can't anticipate that much. You know, who knows? Maybe they go ahead and draft uh, a running back. Maybe they go out and sign a free agent running back. You know, you can't play it out that far forward. Uh, you still got to worry about this year, right, Scotty? Yeah, it's a combination where I see people talking in keeper leagues about you know, I want to have this guy for the next three years. And, you know, right. and there's an article in the exclusive edge package from Brandon Williams about old and veterans that still yes. really matter. You, you need to keep that in mind and keep her in dynasty leagues. Yeah, absolutely. I will tell you this, though, Scotty, in my main home league, that is a dynasty. Last year, I got ahead of the curve, and late in the draft, I drafted Patty Dasma Holmes SA, thinking about the same thing, and I feel really good. I think I am going to have him on my roster for the next, you know, for the next four Rasta. years, let's say. We'll see. We'll see. Listen, you know, one of the other reasons you can never tell what's going to happen from year to year is discipline, right? Is discipline in the league, incidents in the league, and other things that are culturally going on in the league. Scotty, I know we don't know, and I know that there's a team-by-team kind of thing on this, but what's been in the news that I just want to touch on real quick is this anthem policy yet again, Scotty. I mean, you know, this started when the Miami Dolphins owner came out and said maybe some members of the Dolphins would be suspended up to four games if they knelt for the anthem. Giants owner, you know, the Mara family came out and the Titches said, listen, we are not going to suspend our players if they do, in fact, kneel. Our commander in tweets said that, you know, maybe our guys, maybe guys should be suspended for the entire year if they kneel more than once. And I know the NFLPA and the NFL are like kind of taking a pause and going back into their kind of cubby holes to discuss the actual implementation on stuff like this. But Scott, would we, do you think we ever get to a place where we need to understand each team by team's policy on this uh, and actually have that as an implication for fantasy? Like we need to know which teams and which players might be at risk of facing longer suspensions from their own teams than others because of this issue. Do we, are we going to need to actually consider that when thinking about fantasy ranks and uh, moving forward with fantasy players? I don't think we're anywhere close to there yet because, you know, okay. it, hasn't, it hasn't been worked out. You know, if the Dolphins were able to go through with their policy, I think you would have to be, you would have to be concerned about it. But, uh, 
I think right now from the perspective of, you know, some teams just or some you just don't to, they don't tolerate it. Anytime a player kneels, I think he's going to be in some danger, and that's something that you you have to consider. So we, you think we do have to consider that? Because, I mean, like, I mean, Scott, like, players are going to still kneel. And if people are going to follow through with this, like, your player is going to miss time. <laughs> you know, and that's something for fantasy that's obviously needs to be considered. But there's no way to understand how to play this. How would you, as a savvy guy, try to get ahead of this, Scotty? Like, would you worry about teams uh, that have some kind of more rigid policy and stay away from their players? I don't think so because it's it's just too hard yeah. to predict. It's it's almost it's almost like predicting an injury. And yeah, the neck, you, you 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 just don't know what it's going to happen. I I think it's something we really can't factor in yet. Okay, so, but if we, if we do, I know we don't know this right now. But if we do happen to know that, say the. Dolphins have a policy where, yeah, you're going to get suspended for some games. And the Giants have a policy where, no, we don't care. Express yourself how you want. And you're faced with a situation, you know, where you have a Devontae Parker or Sterling Shepard or something like that. I'm not saying – but you have guys that are close in your rankings. You know, we talk about tiebreakers at times. Could that ever be something like just a tiebreaker? Uh, I, I, I think – It's think tough, we're right? Near, but I mean – No, we're, we're nowhere near the point – of okay. you, you know, making that a real factor. It's everything's okay. way too haphazard and cloudy right now. I think, yeah. with, all, with all respect, I think that's overthinking it for fantasy. All right, fair enough. We I shall think for, see. I think for gambling, I think for gambling purposes, at some point though, you want you wanted you want to know that though, because it's if it's yeah. a premier player, you know that right. that's going to affect that's going to affect whether a team wins or loses. Yeah, absolutely. So something to keep an eye on. And, Scotty, we end on some sad news. There was uh, reports yesterday. Um, Vikings offensive line coach Tony Sperano passes away at the age of 56. Uh, he was an offensive line coach for a number of teams, including the Jets. He was a head coach for the Miami Dolphins for four years. So tough news as the Vikings open camp. And then, Scotty, I know that he wasn't alone. There was a, a kind of a giant in, the, in our business that also, um, that also passed away over the weekend. Yeah, I just wanted to take this time. Thank you to uh, recognize the passing of Ernie Palladino, longtime Giants beat reporter for Gannett Westchester Papers, and uh, was also writing on WFAN.com recently. Authored two books about the Giants, including Lombardi and Landry. Will be infamously be remembered, and he had a good humor a humor about it, about being choked by Lawrence Taylor uh, years ago uh, <laughs> in, in Giants camp. But uh, Ernie, Ernie was a was a mentor and a teacher, uh, and a and a very respected colleague to a lot of people in the NFL business. Was also uh, a sports journalism and journalism teacher at Long Island University's Brooklyn campus, where he was my one of my first mentors and teachers, and taught me every a lot of the things that I know about sports journalism at Long Island University's Brooklyn campus. I really uh, I recently spoke to him a few months ago. Uh, he's from Staten Island. Uh, there was an outpouring on social media of guys who he helped start in his career, and including guys like Ian Rappaport, et cetera. So uh, I just wanted to say that I'm always going to remember Ernie Palladino of Staten Island uh, for what he meant to my journalism career. 
Absolutely. So thanks for those kind words, Scotty. And obviously, um, you know, we think we think about Ernie and we also think about Tony Sperano on this day, um, you know, as they have moved on. Um, so when we come back here on Roto Experts in the morning, here's what we're going to do. We got a lot of stuff to talk about. We're going to get a little bit more lighthearted as we put the fun in functional sports content. A lot of stuff to look at, potentially. We went through your news and notes. We got that Scotty Fishbowl draft that our man, the King Scott Angle, was a part of. As he mentioned to you before, we were talking about this with Dynasty League, Scott. So maybe I want to look and listen, this exclusive edge fantasy package has so much good content one of the articles scotty mentioned is like older veterans to rely on okay from brandon williams so scotty here's what i think we should do let's take a look at some of the mentions and some of the names in that article and we can put them on the scale scotty we could talk about is that someone that we think really is reliable or someone we think is going to fall off the cliff and in dynasty leagues how we treat that i think that's something interesting i got some other ideas we had i had some submissions for the team name contest as well we got a poll question up a lot of stuff to do el rey de fantasia and the spitting statistician here on roto experts in the morning remember if you want to join the fun as we put the fun in functional sports content you can always dial in the number to call is 844-843-6879 we also got a poll question up we want to know which incumbent running back has the best chance of holding off the rookie fighting for that starting job Hit us up on Twitter. We'll recap the poll. We'll dive into some of these articles. Dane and Scott, when we come back, Roto Experts in the morning. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone. We promise no weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head it's a fantasy sports radio network app stop being a weirdo and streaming it online get it on your phone take it with you everywhere you go i was born in east l.a man i was, I was born in east l.a that's what I'm Way saying. down to the corner store, just to hey. buy a loaf of bread and a box of sports. There you go. And say, I told you, we're going to be doing here on Roto Experts in the Morning, right here on the award-winning Fantasy Sports <laughs> Radio Network. Scotty, we are doing a best... Uh, team name contest. We got JP the Night Owl down there in the fantasy pit of misery. Dilly dilly to him. He's helping us sound good here. And also he's going to be answering the phone if you want to join the show at 844-843-6879. JP, what I need you to do, I need you to set us up a Google Doc, a spreadsheet, and have one column be Speeds' top 10, the Kings' top 10, and the All-In Kids' top 10 as we continue to get submissions for your best fantasy football team name. And we each build our top 10. Scotty, we said we were going to give, what, just the best one uh, uh, in-season package? I think what we should do, Scotty, is give my best one. Like, we should all maintain our own kind of top fives, let's say, right, of who we like the best because we may differ a little bit. And, you know, our guys, whether it's Chris Pavona or JP the Night Owl, can help maintain that for us. And then I would think, Scott, that – Whoever I think is the best team name going into, you know, say the Labor Day weekend, whoever you think is the best team name and whoever Jake thinks are the best team name, I think they should get in-season packages. But are you comfortable giving away a maximum of three 
to our listeners, or does it have to be just one overall? Number one will get a okay. a in-season package and a yeah. personal phone call from me Ooh. to help Ooh. with their lineups for the week. I like that. Second okay. place. Well, what's second, though, here? Because, Scott, like your top one and my top one, how do we know what's second place of those? Well. Oh, you want to make a show's top five or you want to have an individual top five? I want to have like a show's top five. A show's top five. Okay, well, we're just going to have to agree then. We're going to have to. It's going to be be tough. We might have to agree on these. It's going to be tough. All right, so what is that? I I think if it's your number one, then they should get a phone call from you. Ooh, okay. So how about this? Here's my proposal here, Scotty. I think what we can do is we're going to ask – we could ask the Night Owl. We can ask our guy, Chris Bavona, the Manimal, to – you know, as new ones come up, we'll see where it fits into our own personal top fives, right? And he can maintain the top fives of all of them, of of all three of us. And then, like you said, the three of them could all get the package, and they will get a personalized phone call from you or me. We'll see if we can convince the all-in kid to do it as well, right? And then what we could do maybe is whoever our top three are that last week go after Labor Day as we go on into week one, we can make that a poll for the listeners, right? My pick, your pick, and Jake's pick. And maybe Bavona's pick as well. We can get him in there, a producer pick. And we can see in our quest to see who has the best team name for fantasy football. How's that sound, Scotty? So you're saying we can average all four of them and then just pick a number one for the show? Yeah. Or we could do have all four of us, right, and then use that as a poll in week one and then have the listeners decide out of our top nominees. I like having the listeners decide. All right, so like, we'll, we'll like each every, maintain. Like every, like every one of us has to pick one. Yeah, and then, we'll each maintain our yeah. top five, and then we'll each put our – whatever number one is for you will be like your nomination to the poll. Whichever one is number one for me will be my nomination to the final poll, right? And then whoever is the big winner gets the exclusive edge in-season fantasy football package. How's that with sound? A, with a phone call. With a phone call, yeah. absolutely. With and a phone the call second place. And the help to kind of like move your lineup around. Yeah, and the second place gets the package only. Okay, that sounds good. JP, I hope you got that. And do me a favor, start to maintain or just put up a a Google Doc somewhere where we can maintain this. We do have a submission, Scotty. Uh, I got – I want to see how you feel about this one. I know you like the the, uh, making a house my homes. That was one that you said you liked um, from last week. I got – I got a guy on Twitter, Jim Martell. So I want to shout out to Jim Martell on Twitter. He hit me up. His team name, he's obviously either a Giants fan or a fan of their rookie out of Penn State. Uh, what do you think about Saquon these nuts? Uh, and does it make your top five? No. No? All right. Do me a favor, JP. Put that in my top five right now, but I do think it's going to get banged out. Right now, we're early in the game. We don't even have five yet, so (laughs) I don't think. (laughs) When Jake Seeley joins the show, and at 9 a.m. Eastern, it's Carton and Friends. Don't forget the Fantasy Football Frenzy. This afternoon at 1 p.m. Eastern. And, of course, the BFFs. This uh, look, Taking a look at them this afternoon at 2 p.m. Eastern time. Greg Sussman and Frank Stample and the uh, final days of uh, Mike Florio. Taking your calls at 844-843-6879. 
That's 844-843-6879. And uh, just real quick, uh, you know, venturing over to fantasypros.com and taking a look at their their ADPs. Uh, you know, wanted just wanted to take a look at some interesting things as we were talking about with uh, quarterback and, and Andrew Luck and the news that uh, that he should be ready to go for training camp and he's going to be up the pup lift. So, you know, just wanted to check in on the trend over there at fantasypros.com. Very interested to hear from the listeners uh, if they would draft Andrew Luck right now. It looks like he's got boosted a little bit. He's now the uh, He's now the number 11 overall quarterback on FantasyPros.com right now, just behind Matthew Stafford and just ahead of Ben Roethlisberger uh, at this point. Of course, Aaron Rodgers, number one off the board. Deshaun Watson at number two, I think, look, I like Watson, but, you know, I think at number two overall, and he also says that on our injury report, this morning on rotoexperts.com and the exclusive edge package from Dom Cinturino. That's a little bit rich for my blood. I like Deshaun Watson a lot is, you know, maybe a top five fantasy quarterback, but to put him at number two based on what we saw last year, look, it was an incredible sample size, but you know, as the number two fantasy quarterback, he, he's not going to end up on a lot of my fantasy teams. Uh, so I, I just think that I, I think that's, a little bit too high. Uh, then you got Tom Brady at number three and uh, Russell Wilson at number four. I think four is a good spot for Wilson's ADP right now. And, of course, the ADPs are going to be a little bit different in high stakes. But, uh, but look, Seattle's going to try to run the ball this year more. They got D.J. Fluker as an offensive lineman who's a masher against uh, against the run. When he was in the lineup for the Giants, they average over – well over uh, 88 yards per game on the ground, and it was much different when Fluker was not in the lineup and he was hurt. Not as good blocking for the pass, but the ultimate point is that Seattle's going to try to run the ball with more power this year and not have Russell Wilson carry the team on his back. So you might see slightly reduced uh, overall passing numbers. Carson Wentz, number five off the board right now in the ADPs on fantasypros.com. And Doug Peterson has been noncommittal as to whether Wentz is going to open the season or not. But all from all the indications that we've seen, you know, he's going to be playing on seven on sevens, et cetera. Uh, unless he has any setbacks, I would be pretty confident that Wentz can open the season as a starter. But, you know, look, if you want to play cautious and some fantasy owners do, uh, you might want to wait for another quarterback because, again, the position is deep. Cam Newton at number six. Drew Brees at number seven. A little bit rich for my blood considering, look, he still threw for, for the fourth most passing yards in the NFL last year. But, you know, the touchdowns were certainly down. And ultimately, this team is this, – this Saints team is going to be very good. But they're more balanced than when in the past when Brees was a fantasy superstar and had to spread the ball around other so many receivers. A big reason for, you know, I think the change in what you're going to see from Breeze is a few years ago, like three years ago, the Saints were the worst defense in the NFL. And Breeze constantly had to play catch up. You know, now this defense is much, much better. They have some really good defensive ends. They have a very deep secondary. The linebacking crew leaves a little bit to desire, be desired. But that Saints 
defense is very good. They have a running game. They have a defense. They're built differently to where Drew Brees doesn't have to sling it. Now, I was talking about Russell Wilson and the fact that the Seahawks don't want to make him carry the team on their backs. When the Seahawks were winning championships or going to the Super Bowl, they had a balanced team with a run game and a strong defense. The Saints want to do the same thing. And when you have a good NFL team that has that much balance, it puts less pressure on the quarterback to carry the team on his back. So I think Drew Brees at number seven overall ADP is more going on reputation than anything. I'm not saying he's not still going to be a good fantasy quarterback, but he's number 12 in my ranks on rotoexperts.com in the exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package. Enter uh, promo code the King at at checkout for a special discount. But uh, you know, tell me, would, would you draft Drew Brees as a top number eight quarterback? Uh, Eight eight four four eight four FNTSY. That's eight four four eight four three six eight seven nine. That's eight four four eight four three six eight seven nine. And uh, we could talk about it, but uh, the quarterback is so deep. You know, I I see some people being willing to go with Dak Prescott as their quarterback. I don't know if I'm willing to wait down to number twenty or so when when he's coming off the board and making my starting quarterback because. That Dallas receiving crew is probably the worst in the NFC this year, so I, I don't want Dak Prescott as my uh, as my starting fantasy quarterback this season. You know, Ezekiel Elliott's going to still carry that offense. That's going to be a run first offense. Look, we've seen we've seen the guy, you know, Prescott run for run for some uh, touchdowns this year as well. But uh, you know, not a guy that I want on my fantasy team. Uh, we got Dane back. Dane, I was just talking about some of these fantasy pros ADPs and how I just think Drew Brees is a little bit high, number seven. You know, I have him ranked overall as number twelve because this is not the same Saints team it was a few years ago. Yeah, uh, sorry about that. We have some technical difficulties there, Scotty. I hear you. I agree with you that uh, Drew Brees maybe takes a step back. I, uh, you know, it's not because of the player. You know what I mean, Scotty? I think it's more because of, as we've talked about before, the Saints are, I guess, trying to win in a little bit of a different way, not putting it all on Drew Brees, right, with the emergence of that running game, really helping out that defense, specifically in terms of and things like field position. But, Scott, I guess the, the, the answer back or, like, kind of the other side of that argument is we've talked about how now, in the first, especially in those first four games, with Ingram out, right, we've talked about how maybe in the first quarter of the season they might go back to putting a little bit more on Drew Brees. If you buy that, do you think that maybe it winds up helps Drew Brees' standing overall because they may be kind of like the old Saints in the first quarter of the season using the arm of Drew Brees? Defense and Drew Brees was putting up like 46, 43, 39 touchdowns. Mm-hmm. You know, only last year hitting, throwing 23. So, you know, maybe that gets him to 28 touchdowns, but, you know, we're not going to see the 37 touchdown Drew Brees of 2015 because, you know, this is a team with just a much better defense. You know, they're going to give them leads where, they, you know, they, they might be able to chew up the clock, they'll have better field position. Etc. So when you have a better defense, it changes all context of what the quarterback does. And you know, for when you're talking about who you think's going to win the NFC, too, from like a gambling perspective, you know, everybody's laying their money on the Vikings. I wouldn't forget about the Saints. You know, Drew Brees is much more battle tested in the playoffs than Kirk Cousins is. 
Yeah, no, that's absolutely true. And remember, especially if the Saints can get some home games. Remember, they went on the road. News update. The Padres acquired Indians' top prospect Francisco Mejia from the Indians in exchange for closer Brad Hand and a pitching prospect. Hand will set up Cody Allen, and Mejia is reporting to AAA before a decision is made on his spot on the Major League roster. Cubs place closer Brandon Morrow on the 10-day DL with right bicep inflammation. But in team in, in divisions like that, where they kind of beat each other up, it I think whoever is that division winner may struggle to be the team that gets the bye. You know what I mean? Because they, they, they have to beat each other up. I think the same thing about, say, in the AFC, you look at the AFC West and the AFC South as whoever that division winner is probably has some stiffer competition than what everybody would expect would be the Steelers and the Patriots in the North and the East. Maybe they have the inside track on the one and two seed in the byes because they get to beat up on who we've talked about the other teams in that division who we maybe don't think are com- as competitive as the uh, you know second and third place teams in the West or the South. So I say that in the Saints division, they got a gauntlet to go through with teams like Carolina and Atlanta in their same division. Yeah, right now that might be in the race the for home of- field, you know, against yeah. say like Philly or Green Bay or the Rams or something like that. Yeah, that right now that looks like maybe might the be best the best division. division in all of football. And that's a good point because you look at Philly, they faced Dallas twice, and I think they could beat them twice. Uh, they faced the Giants maybe. You're not going to assume anything in a divisional game. I think Washington is okay, but, uh, you know, that I, I'm, not, I'm not that impressed by their defense. Uh, you know, I think they'll have a better running game this year. But, you know, Alex Smith is never a guy that's going to take a team deep into the playoffs. I think I think Philadelphia is still the class of that division. You know, the Giants could have a nice turnaround this year, maybe finish second and, you know, Washington third. And I, I think I would not be surprised to see Dallas come in last. Uh, but you, to your point, though, is that, that Philadelphia can really fatten up on that division. Exactly. Yeah, that's, I think that's the best way to talk about it, right? Which of the big-time contenders are prime to be able to fatten up, as you would say? You know, and, and, and you make the anal- I make the analogy to baseball, and, and you know, it hasn't really proven as true yet. Maybe it will in the second half. You know, in the American League, I thought that the Indians had a great chance because they get to, to use your term, Scott, fatten up on teams like the Royals and the White Sox. Meanwhile, the Yankees and Red Sox have to battle it out in the West. There's now multiple teams that are battling out. Don't forget about Oakland, who acquired Uris Familia over the break. But you know what I mean? Like that division winner that gets to fatten up may be in pole position to be able to have home field advantage when the playoffs do in fact come. Baseball's different than football, though. It's, you're talking about 162 games, you know, versus sure. six teams, you know, 10 times the amount of games. And if you look at the race right now, you know, there's sure. no clear winner between the Yankees and the Red Sox you know, right now. You know, you play your division and win those games all you want, but then you got to play each other 18 times. You know, and uh, that, that kind of evens things out as well. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so good things to look at. And Scott, I don't know when I was uh, when I was off there. Did you look at the poll? Okay, because I think it's very interesting. Did you uh, take a look at the poll at all? Because right now, uh, the guy we were talking about, Marlon Mack, is leading the poll. He says that uh, that that Mack has maybe the best chance. Do you think that that's because people have faith in Marlon Mack, or that they have less faith in guys like Jordan Wilkins and Naheem Hines as the kind of rookies coming on, as opposed to these rookies we've heard about, Nick Chubb? Rashad Penny, Royce Freeman are the other ones. Do you think that's why maybe they're uh, picking Marlon Mack because the threat maybe isn't as strong from those other rookies in Indianapolis? 
Yeah, and it seems like that. But there's a narrative following Marlon Mack that, like, he's in his second year and Frank Gore is gone and that he's definitely going to be right. the lead guy. But, you know, he's not. And we don't know that. And Carlos Hyde and Nick Chubb, you know, could be a timeshare. Chris Carson, you know, I said it a few weeks ago, and I got I got poo-pooed about mm-hmm. it, is that is that Pete Carroll is just not going to hand anything to Rashard Penny. Now, look, we all expect Penny to be the guy in the long run, but, you know, he was impressed with Carson last year, and you know, he's going to make Rashad Penny earn the carries. Pete Carroll does not give, give anything to anybody. In Russell Wilson's rookie year, he signed Matt Flynn as a free agent, and then he let Russell Wilson take the job. So we will look back to that. And with Devontae Booker, you know, I think they still like this kid. And, you know, Royce Freeman has to earn that too. And if Devontae Booker wins a job, I'm fine with that because, you know, I got him in my dynasty league on my practice squad. There you go. It all comes down to our own personal leagues. Right now, 44% say Marlon Mack, 24% say Carlos Hyde, 20% say Devontae Booker, Twelve, only 12% say Chris Carson will hold off Rashad Penny. Scotty, only one more minute, but I wanted to get your take. I don't know if you saw, we talked about Jimmy G, right, and how, uh, you know, how much he's moving up draft boards. Well, he might be moving up some other kind of draft boards as well. I don't know if you saw, but last week uh, out there in California, he had a pretty interesting dating life. TMZ caught him uh, having dinner with uh, Kiara Mia. She might be best known, uh, Scotty, for her work in the adult film industry. She later on, you know, they caught up with her again, and she said, listen, everything I touch comes, turns to gold. We had a great dinner, but an even better dessert. She's saying she's expecting big things out of Jimmy G because she's in his corner. What do you think about Jimmy G living the California life, uh, $140 million, whatever? He's a stud, huh? Yeah, maybe one of the reasons why Chris Ventures has such a man crush on him. <laughs> I know, man. Our guy, the closer, who you can hear on the Football Frenzy, you know, he's a big Jimmy Jesus fan. I'm sure this is just another feather in his cap for his idol out there in San Francisco. Hey, Scotty, we'll talk a little bit more tomorrow. Maybe we'll get into some of those veterans who you could still trust from the Brandon Williams article and more. All the news and notes, everything you need for fantasy football. Have a great day, Scotty. All right, Roto Extra this morning. Okay. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. You are now tuned in to the Roto Experts. Welcome back. This is Roto Experts in the morning right here on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I'm your host, Dane Martinez. They call me the spitting statistician. And here at Hour 2, the all-in kid makes the hot tag to the number one accuracy ranker in the business. 
It's my guy, the all-in kid, Jake Seeley. Jake, how you doing on a fine Monday? How was your weekend, brother man? I'm good. So I make the hot tag to myself? Is that what you were saying? No, I said that the all-in kid made the hot tag. Excuse me. I did say yes, that. My yeah, bad. Yeah, yeah. My bad. Well, it was a handicap match. It's a handicap match. You know, sometimes That's you can't tag yourself. I've seen guys like Braun Strowman do the same thing. I mean, he had a 10-year-old kid as a tag team partner, Jake. It don't matter who you're with. You're still one of the best in the business. Okay. I'll, we, nice save. No? No, I yeah, said nice we save. We do what we can here. We do what we can. We do what we can. Save the day for LA like I'm Kenley Jansen. All right, let's bounce off. Well, I got some headlines for you, uh, Jakey Jakey. Uh, you know, camps are opening. Uh, some opened last week. More are definitely opening this week, you know. And so with, it's less reading the tea leaves now, Jake, and it's more about stuff that we're actually seeing or distinctions that teams are actually making. So I want to ask you, but we start – Jake, we start in Baltimore. Listen uh, – Aditi Kinkawala of the NFL Network is saying she saw a ton of plays with both Joe Flacco and Lamar Jackson on the field. She saw plays with Lamar Jackson and RG3 as the two quarterbacks on the field. Now, I know, you know, it's still very early. Who knows what they're implementing down there in Baltimore? I guess, you know, Jake, is it going to be something where we don't see him this year? Are we going to see like that, you know how we talk about like the package for him, maybe some Wildcats, some RPOs, some kind of gadget stuff in the same way that we saw with a guy like maybe Tim Tebow back in the day? Or is, is, is he going to just, you know, take the reins? Because as we both think, it may unravel for Baltimore throughout the season. The fact that, you know, it does look like they are going to try, try and get him involved regardless on some level in his rookie year. How do you see this breaking out? Is this a package or something more for Lamar? Uh, it's just a package. It, like, There's two other things. There is going to be more when he does take over. It, Lamar Jackson is starting football games for the Baltimore Ravens this year. Uh, the over-under, I can keep, I keep saying like maybe week six or seven, like expecting them to be two and four or two and five or somewhere around there mm-hmm. where they move on and decide to start looking to the future and realize Joe Flacco has done literally nothing since he won the Super Bowl. That's the fact. Or I should say right. the team won the Super Bowl. He's done nothing since. And it's not a surprise because Joe Flacco is who he is. Joe Flacco had one terrific offseason. Kudos to him. He's made a career living off of that one terrific offseason. So Lamar Jackson's time is coming. Uh, the fact of these in packages together with him, RG3 is out there. Like This isn't going to be something we're going to see every single week. This isn't going to be something that's going to be used on multiple data. We're not going to be running Steve Spurrier offense where they're running out there. One right. quarterback, one series, another quarterback, the next series. You just don't do that in the NFL, and you don't run these two quarterback in the backfield sets either. So it'll be specific. It'll be something that they have in the playbook, but it's not going to be something we're going to be seeing every single week. Hey, Jake, the Baltimore Ravens buy is week 10. Um, and after week 10, they get two potentially winnable home games. They're home for Cincinnati, home for Oakland. That seems like a little bit of a soft area to land for him, but that would be later in the season. Remember, I also told you, Jake, the Ravens are one of only three teams in the NFL that do have that dreaded three-game road trip for the Ravens. It's though it's weeks four, five, and six. They go to Pittsburgh, to Cleveland, and to Tennessee. But then right after that, New Orleans for home, Carolina on the road, Pittsburgh again. None of those really sound like great places to have uh, Lamar Jackson debut. But they got a buy in week 10. Uh, and so I believe that if it hasn't happened before that, it'll definitely happen towards the buy. After nine weeks, I can easily see this team three and six or worse, Jake. 
Yeah, I don't think it's. I don't think they're going to be sitting out there saying, "Oh, we don't want to start them this week." Oh, we don't want to start them this week. When they're ready, okay. they're going to be ready. Even if it's like you don't want to throw him to the wolves, kind of in a bad situation. I was thinking maybe try to like more set him up for success and, to, and an opportunity to build confidence, which may not happen, you know, against uh, against the Saints in the dome or something like that. No, it's just you can't nitpick like that because then you're going to always okay. find an excuse for him not to start every single week. All right, fair enough, fair enough. All right, let's get to the uh, uh, more more topics here. Listen, Jake. We were talking last week about, you know, like Kenneth Dixon cleared and, and Deshaun Watson looks like a full girl. Allen Robinson cleared. Well, I would say that the biggest injury return news of them all actually got positive reports. And that's when the Indianapolis Colts have decided that Andrew Luck will not be on the pup list for the start of training camp. They are saying that, like, you know, he may not throw the ball seven days straight, what have you. But this is a distinct step in a positive direction. Direction. Uh, what's the impact of this, if any, Jake? I know you're a guy that's like, I'm not going to move him until there's actual definitive kind of uh, news on this. Is this a sign? How? Well, I know it's a sign of encouragement. How big is a of a sign is this, Jake, that he's not on the pup list? Does this have any impact? Not necessarily for Andrew Luck, but does it have any impact for a guy like T.Y. Hilton? Talk to me about, you know, help me read the tea leaves here. Is this an important sign for you? No, <laughs> it's because no. what's what's changed? Not that we just did not start. We all expected him not to start the pup list. He was already throwing a football. Like I don't understand why people are making any news of this. This is the people who haven't been paying attention to news for the past three weeks. There's nothing that's changed here. He's still on track to start week one. That's great for everybody involved. We know that. We know the difference between Andrew Luck with him and Andrew Luck without him, and what the numbers are going to be for the rest of this team. So, what to do? We already knew this. I, I don't understand. Like I said, I know you're reporting the, the, what's out there for you. I'm not saying you. I just don't even understand why this is a news story. Well, I mean, you know, I think here's the thing, Jake. Uh, your approach is always to like kind of – and we, we saw this with like the LaShawn McCoy incident and others that like you don't necessarily move or, or, or change unless there is kind of a definitive word from the league or a definitive word from like, you know, a medical report That's or something like that, right? And so I do think though, Jake, a lot of people uh, were skeptical or cautious, you know, when it comes to Andrew Luck because, listen, this point last year, we had the owner being like he'll, he's guaranteed to be ready for week one and that didn't turn out to be true you know what I mean so I think people have a little bit of that kind of like fool me once shame on me fool me twice shame on you no but that's the point what has this changed but, this hasn't changed anything well last year he did have the distinction of being on the pup list no so I'm I think this is like an I, that's actual sign last, that maybe yeah, it's more confident. That's between last year and this year what I'm saying is that I, to me it'll, fine that's if you guys want to go with that i I don't think anything's changed. This is the same news we've had this entire time. No, I understand, Jake, and I understand that that's the way you approach it. What I'm saying is the reason why it might be news to some is because other people, not with your approach, may have still been, you know, not believing the buzz out of the words of, say, Ursay or anybody else in that organization. And this is a definitive, you know, kind of decision, roster move that the organization has made trending in the positive direction. So we shall see. It's a positive sign. How big of a positive sign, I think, though, is relative to what your outlook was on him in the first place and our guy the all-in kid Jake Seeley thought that hey he was going to start week one so this is this now kind of helps reaffirm something he also already thought however Jake there was another 
Indianapolis Colt that was cleared, and that was Marlon Mack. Marlon Mack was cleared, and here's the way I want to couch this one for you. We know we have Robert Turbin missing the first four games, but Jake, we built a poll question. I know your take here is always that talent wins out, right? I know the idea that talent wins out and these rookie running backs are coming on, right? But at the same time, the question is, for a guy like Marlon Mack, is he able to hold off whoever it is, Jordan Wilkins, Naheem Hines, and we're getting other kind of buzz reports that fit your cycle, Jake, the 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 Sealy Clay kind of rookie news cycle. You know, we're hearing in Seattle, oh, Chris Carson may open the season as the RB1 ahead of Rashad Penny. I know you think, obviously, the talent will eventually win out. In Denver, we're hearing this idea that Devontae Booker may start week one. I know we think that uh, Royce the 5'9 Freeman, to use Jake's nickname, is uh, going to win out. So the question then remains, Jake, and we put up a poll question on on Fantasy Sports Radio, I talked through it with our guy, the King Scott Angle. Which incumbent running back has the best chance to hold off the rookie fighting for their jobs? The four options we put, Jake, were Devontae Booker in Denver, Carson in Seattle, our guy Carlos Hyde in Cleveland, as we know that you believe Nick Chubb is coming on there, and Marlon Mack in Indianapolis. Does he have the ability to hold off the Wilkins, the Hines of the world? Maybe there's other options in Tampa or Washington or otherwise, but what do you think, Jake? I know you generally believe that the talent wins out, which, if any, of these incumbent running backs might be best in position to hold off the kid and maintain their job, in your opinion? Well, kind of making it sound a little bit different than it is. Talent will win out more often than not, but also when the talent is a significant difference. So More talented. No, but no, because it's not that simple. It's it's, it's got to be a significant difference because Marlon Mack is not in this conversation for me. He's not significantly more talented than the other running backs there. Marlon, I wouldn't even – for the purposes of the poll, he works because, you know, he needs to hold off people anyway. But I'm mm-hmm. not putting a conversation where I'm saying Marlon Mack is definitively more talented than Jordan Wilkins and Nye Hines because he's not. That's, uh, that's, that's my point here is that there's two different things here at play. Mm-hmm. So – uh, Marlon Mack. I hear you. There's the theory about talent winning out, but at the same time, you do have to see what is that gap in talent, right? Like you're saying right, that they'll go saying. towards the rookie when it's you know legit and valid, but you can't just automatically assume that. Uh, it depends on uh, where that who that incumbent is as well. Is that correct? Right. So that's yeah. So that's what I'm saying. I'm not including Mac and like he definitively wouldn't be my answer in the poll, but at the same time, he wouldn't even be an option in the poll. Not that I understand your poll and the poll is still fine for the tents, but I would have put Mac as in like holding off rookies because I thought that was going to be a committee from day one because he's not that much better than the other two. And in fact, Hines is a better pass catcher than he is. Uh, uh, you know what I said. It's going to be Royce Freeman. It's going to be Ronald Jones. It's going to be Rashad Penny. There's not even a question in my mind. Carlos Hyde is the only one on this list that's the right answer because at the same time where I told you I like Nick Chubb. I said this is a situation where it's going to take a couple weeks for Nick Chubb. Let me ask you the funny question about this. If we were even to put a Patriots-named running back in this poll, would it, who would it even be? You know what I mean? As it related to, say, Sony Michelle, would it be Burkhead? Would it be Gillisley? Who would we even put in if we wanted to have the nominee for the Gillisley's Patriots? probably not making the roster. Right, that's what I'm saying. Would it be Burkhead? James White? In this analog poll, I guess it would be Burkhead, right? Probably. That would, like, quote-unquote, have to hold off Sony Michelle. But honestly, you know, I, I bring that up because it speaks to the way that the Patriots, uh, you know, kind of build their running back room. I think it's really interesting. But to your point, you know, Mac 
this idea of I wonder though, Jake, because he does have forty five percent of the vote right now. So the voters were going with Mac, and I, to your point, I wonder if the voters were internalizing it as that. Wilkins and Hines were not as strong as, say, Penny or Freeman, or if they internalize it because they think that, you know, Marlon Mack uh, is better in position to hold it because he's, like, better than, say, Devontae Booker. I wonder which way the fans interpreted this because almost half of them are saying Marlon Mack right now. Um, Either way, either way, they're wrong. Right, that's what I kind of thought. I thought it would make sense it's, to it's, think that it's, it's if like Marlon Mack was the lesser back, you know what I mean? Well, the thing is, it's like it's a committee backfield, so he's not holding off anybody. Hmm. Fair enough. Hey, 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 Jake, so this is interesting. Okay, we have Mack, you have Hines, you have Wilkins, and then in week five, you're going to have Robert Turbin also, Jake. Um, is Turbin kind of... You know, does he come to the game late after maybe roles are a little bit more clearly defined? Or is he a quality enough of a back that he'll get worked into the mix and even further muddy the waters, in your opinion, as we turn to October in Indianapolis? I don't think. I think Turbin was only in the conversation in for training camp. I don't think he's going to come back and cause an issue in week five. Okay, fair enough. So hopefully those uh, roles will be a little bit clear by the time we hit October um, there in Indianapolis. Jake, you know how we talk about uh, these darn Jets wide receivers? Well, again, I'm reporting it. I didn't think that necessarily he was going to be the guy, but our Darius Stewart got popped. He's going to miss the first two games of the season for a PED suspension. You know, at best case, I thought he was maybe sixth. On this depth chart, I think you have the four kind of veterans that are there in Robbie Anderson, Terrell Pryor, Quincy Anunua, and uh, Jermaine Curse. I think who maybe stands to benefit, if anybody, out of this is a guy like Chad Hansen. Chad Hansen was the other, like, kid with Adarius Stewart that was coming on looking for opportunity with this Jets wide receiver room. Uh, are they kind of like, you know, if it's like Survivor or Amazing Race, or is, is Ardarius Stewart now voted off the island? Do you still think this shakes out the same way? with Robbie Anderson, then maybe a gap to Curse and Inunua and uh, TP3, and then maybe a gap to Chad Hansen? Or is this like, are there any more tea leaves to be read here with the Jets wide receivers, Jake? No. No. Could not care less because it's not going to matter. This is like, who cares who the fifth and sixth wide receiver are for the Jets? Yeah, fair enough. You know, I mean, I just think that here's here's why I do believe that maybe not at that fifth or sixth level, Jake, but I do believe if you accurately pick out of prior curse and Anunua, which one the Jets do utilize more as their second uh, target getter, you could stand to get some value there. Yeah, but that has nothing to do with these guys. Probably not. You know, probably not. But I'm saying no, like the definitively the not. Wins. No, no, there's a no because Terrell Pryor. You're talking about Terrell Pryor versus Hanson for the fourth option. Okay. So that's your best. Uh, yeah. And, and am I clear? Sorry. Go ahead, Jake. No, I was just saying that has no value playing for the Jets. Got you. Fair enough. Do you do you believe, though, that the number two wide receiver for the Jets will be either Curse Pryor or Nunwa? No, it already is. I, it's not Pryor's not in the conversation. The top three are already set. It's whether okay. or not anybody gets hurt. It's, we already know who the top three are. The team's already said who the top three are. Okay. 
Fair enough. Fair enough. So we'll see how that shakes out. Jake, we have some uh, sad news to report as well. You know, we're talking about the Miami Dolphins a little bit later in our team by team preview. Former head coach of the Miami Dolphins, current uh, who was the offensive line coach in Minnesota, Tony Sperano, passes away over the weekend at age 56. This is a guy who was an offensive line coach, was an offensive coordinator, was a head coach in this league. So here at Roto Experts in the morning, we just want to tip our cap and say, that our thoughts and prayers go out there to the Sperano family, to the Minnesota Vikings family, as they deal with the loss of one of their coaches, Tony Sperano. Um, Jake, any words on Tony Sperano? I mean, he's bounced around a lot in the league. The idea, and, and talk to me a little bit maybe about what does an offensive line coach do these days, Jake? Because we talk about how the offensive line in college is so much different than it is now in the pros, and that's part of the reason, you know, they don't get these practices and the two-a-days as much anymore. Being an offensive line, and making that transition is a, you know, kind of a big job, bigger than it was in years past. And that's where the offensive line coach does come in. Sad to see, obviously, uh, Tony Sperano uh, passing away over the weekend, meaning something, obviously, to those Minnesota Vikings who need to rely on what was a small improvement in offensive line to protect Kirk Cousins and uh, all of those weapons that people expect to do big things out in that Minnesota offense, Jake. Yeah, um... I mean, I got really nothing to add. Sorry. No, no, no. It's okay. But, you know, here, we we, uh, send our thoughts and prayers over to Tony Sperano. I mentioned this, though, also, Jake, because he was a coach. He was the head coach of the Miami Dolphins for a time, okay? And we are going to talk Miami Dolphins in our team-by-team previews today. Remember, we finished off the NFC East. We're going to the AFC East. Jake, can you believe that this is our last division to preview? You know what that means. That means that we have been talking about these since, like, late May, Jake, where we go division by division. It's finally, we're into earlier, we're into late July, uh, so we're finally getting into the last division. It is the AFC East. We're going to get into uh, Miami in a second, but generally speaking, Jake, this is the Patriots, and then... uh, a bunch of other dregs. You believe, if people didn't hear Roto Experts in the morning, I believe it was on Friday, Jake, where you said that you believe that three of the top six picks in next year's NFL draft will be teams from the AFC East, right? Yep. So tell me why. Like, tell me why you think that the dregs of this division are worse than, say, the dregs of other divisions out there. Why are the Bills, the Dolphins, and the Jets to you, you know, so much uh, lower than, say, you know, those teams in the AFC West or those teams in the AFC South that will kind of be battling each other? Why do you think this is the dregs of society here in the AFC East so much that it puts you in, uh, you know, three of the top six draft picks? It has nothing to do with division versus division. It has to just do with the teams. These are three of the worst teams in the NFL. That's just the fact. If you look at the talent from the roster, top to bottom of all three teams, they are among the three worst teams in the NFL. As I don't care if they're in the AFC East or if they were in the AFC South or the NFC West. This would be three of the worst teams in the NFL, period. All right, fair enough. So let's look at what Jake is calling a potential dearth of talent as we zone in on the Miami Dolphins. Jake, here's the first way I want to attack the Miami Dolphins roster with you. They lost Jarvis Landry, you know, in uh, in the offseason, right? And that is a lot of targets. We talk about how Jarvis Landry is one of those kind of PPR guys, you know, who gets a lot of catches. That means there's some opportunity out there. I think they also lost their tight end from last year. Remember, they drafted Mike Gesicki, the kid out of Penn State. My question is, 
Who benefits from this? Is it Kenny Stills? Is it Devontae Parker? Finally, it's taking a step forward. Is it the new guy, Danny Amendola? Someone is going to have to take, you know, the 140-some-odd targets that Jarvis Landry got. How do you think that gets distributed uh, in new slices of the Dolphins' pie for this year, Jake? No, no, someone doesn't. It, that's not going to go to one person. This is going to go to multiple people. And ideally, it would be for the people that have been waiting for Devontae Parker to happen since his rookie season. He would be involved in that, and he would be the main beneficiary from it. But Amendola or Albert Wilson, they tried to find two options to try and replace Travis Landry. They'll pick up some of it. Mike Jasicki will pick up some of it at the tight end position. So Travis Landry's opportunities are going to be distributed across the team. All we're hoping for fantasy-wise and something that we've been buying into for three years now. And I guess I, I, people still want to. I'm kind of tired of buying into myself. But you're just hoping that Devontae Parker can be the main beneficiary of that. Yeah, absolutely. And you, you lay out the kind of uh... – the career of Devontae Parker, right? You know, coming out of Louisville, he was highly touted as kind of like someone with a great skill set, being able to do big things and deal with some injuries. You know, this idea, it's been, what, three or four years now. I think he's entering his – is this going to be his fourth year, his Jake? fourth year. Yeah, he's entering his fourth year. The time is now. I know you mentioned that people uh, kind of are going back to the well. I guess, quite frankly, do you believe this is the year? Do you think he will, in fact, take that step forward this year? Or is it kind of a fool's errand at this point? And is he trending towards being a fugazi? Are you buying into him? Are you giving him another chance this year, Jake? Yeah, but not at his price. That's the problem is people are still drafting him three rounds before they're drafting Kenny Stills, who's been the better wide receiver for the three past seasons. Who Kenny Stills, as of today, is still the better option because he's, at least he's playing daggone games and at least he's putting up numbers, and he's putting up some pretty good numbers. So I'm drink, uh, the only person I've taken so far is Kenny Stills because you're giving, to, you're giving me Kenny Stills in the ninth round. I'm not drafting Devontae Parker on a hope and a prayer that he plays 16 games, that he stays healthy, that he puts it all together in round five or six with given the options that are on the board. Now, if we're getting down to late sixth, seventh round, I'll actually own Devontae Parker somewhere because, yes, I am one of the people who admittedly go back and look. The talent is the same as Kevin White. The talent was undeniable when he was coming out of college. You can't keep just saying, oh, the talent, the talent, the talent, because we've done that before with many players, and Devontae Parker's in that case now. If you want to draft him as your wide receiver two or number three and draft him in the fifth round at that high, go right ahead. He's not going to be on my team. Right. You let someone else take that chance with someone who hasn't truly proven it at the NFL level yet. And maybe all the stars will line up this year for him. I mean, the opportunity is definitely there. The question is, can he go out and grab it? I got to tell you, Jake, here's the part that really frustrates me about the Dolphins. Let's say last year you're in a dynasty league or something, right? And you wind up and you got Kenyon Drake. You would have been overjoyed this offseason, right? You're like, yeah, Kenyon Drake is going to bounce, is going to pop off. Kenyon Drake is going to break out. He flashed sometimes, uh, you know, towards the middle or the end of last year after the Dolphins moved Jay Ajayi. But then, Jake, they go out and get Frank Gore. And Frank Gore is like so unexciting, so uninspiring. But as we know, also so consistent and safe. And I got to believe, Jake, that 
uh, Frank Gore is going to do just enough, you know, he's going to be just uninspiring enough, just unexciting, yet just like durable and safe and consistent enough to not be a factor himself, but to reign on the parade for Kenyan Drake owners. Do you agree? How does this play out? Because especially if you had Drake, you know, you had to be happy moving into this offseason. And then they go out and get Frank Gore, who you know is going to compromise some of Drake's value. How do you see this playing yeah. out, Jake? I think people are overacting a little bit too much to Drake. And, you know, Caitlin Balazs is a un- mm. understanding risk when it comes to the passing downs. But at the same time, Kenyon Drake can be what we were wanting Lamar Miller to be more of. Uh, well, let's okay. Lamar Miller was the Dolphins running back, was getting 14, 18 touches per week. We as a fantasy community want more touches. We want more touches. We want more touches. And as the example I continue to make with him for Jarek McKinnon and the rest is he gets more and he becomes less efficient. So Kenny, my whole point in this is Kenyon Drake can be Lamar Miller when he was with the Dolphins. Guess what Lamar Miller did those two seasons? He was a top 10, 10, top 10, RB1 in both standard and PPR. Both of those years, he was averaging only between 14 and 18 touches. So Kenyon Drake still can be, I don't think he's going to be top 10 given the depth of talent we have this year, but can he be top 15, top 18? I think that's very easy to do, even if he's only getting 15, 16 touches every single week. Some running backs just don't get that kind of volume. We're not looking for a workhorse at every single spot on every single team on every single fantasy roster. So I think people are overreacting a little bit too much. I think I think Frank Gore is going to steal some touches. I think anybody who's behind Drake was going to steal some touches because this team does not right. want Kenyon Drake touching the ball 20 times per game. And we can sit back and complain and say, look how good Drake was. Sometimes I'm going to say is, you know what? The Dolphins proved before, and granted there's some different coaching here, they proved before they knew an NFL team knew more than we did, and they knew what they were doing by not right. giving Lamar Miller 20-plus touches. Sometimes teams being there with the player can see as surprising as my, that might sound. <laughs> it's crazy that the actual professions, professionals who see them day in and day out and actually get paid to evaluate talent can sometimes evaluate talent, Jake. You know, I think that's absolutely incredible how it plays out that way. It's funny sometimes. You did mention, though, and I want to get your thumbnail sketch. We only got a minute or two before we got to hit up the break and pay some bills here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You mentioned Kalen Balaj. Uh, Jake, am I correct that he is more of like a kind of a power back who might be a good complement to whenever Frank Gore doesn't in fact move on? Is he is that the kind of back that he is to maybe eventually balance out a little thunder and lightning with Drake? Can you give me a little bit on uh, Kalen Balaj? Maybe in uh, if if people might want him in dynasty leagues as a late round dynasty kind of guy. Uh, I mean, he's got the size. I mean, definitely, that's not a question there. So I think it really okay. comes down to – I think people also don't realize that he is a decent pass catcher, though. I mean, I saw some people – I forget who it was, but at the draft they said he compares to Rashad Jennings. Nobody was calling Rashad Jennings – Yeah, nobody was calling him the hammer, the Brandon Jacobs of a, of a team. So if you're, if you're looking at him, I actually thought – I think you're 180 to the opposite direction. Like, I, I, what I said at the top of this and what I think, I think Balazs is coming in as a passing down, third down option. Oh, okay, as opposed to, say, like a goal line kind of guy. You think he can be the PPR part of this committee? Yes. All right, I mean, fair he's, enough. He's a so kick just, returner. I, 
Okay, so just, I'm just saying, name to note, you know, and so some of the new viewers or listeners, especially people who haven't been with us all summer long, Jake, this may be the first time they're hearing the name Kalen Balaj, you know, because this is not right. Ronald Jones or Geis or, you know, or Saquon Barkley. So it's important to note because those diamonds in the rough are how you win your league. Jake, when we come back, a couple more topics here real quick on the Miami Dolphins, and then we put the fun and functional sports content. It's the all-in kid and the spitting statistician. We're off and running. Rotor experts in the morning on the award-winning fantasy sports radio network have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand or better yet in the pocket of your khakis well check it out now you can it's the fantasy sports radio network app download it now to your phone we promise no weird viruses no strange tracking things just 24 hours a day seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. Don't worry. Be happy now, okay? I tell you it's okay. Be happy. Jake, we can't rap to this one, huh? As we come back on Roto Experts in the Morning on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Would you consider, hey, Jake, is Bobby, uh, what was it, Bobby McFadden? He's a one-hit wonder, too, right? McFerrin, yeah. McFerrin, right? He's got to be a one-hit wonder. I mean, outside of this song, I can't. Uh, I was thinking Darren McFadden from back in the day. But, uh, yeah, uh, so he's a one-hit wonder, no? I mean, I don't know any other song by him. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's kind of one of the one of the biggest one-hit wonders out there. Don't worry, be happy. That's what we're trying to do here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Jake, we were talking about the Miami Dolphins. And uh, listen, coming into the draft, everyone thought this kid, Mike Gasicki, was going to be kind of like this mismatch tight end. He wasn't actually used that much in college at Penn State as opposed to, you know, just in the red zone. Uh, throughout rookie camps and stuff, we heard conflicting reports. There were times where he looked lost. There were times where he was showing up, sh- showing out. Jake, you know my theory about rookie tight ends. I don't think they're worth the paper that you would use to put the draft pick in on them because there's so much of a learning curve, at least in year one. Is there any chance that Gasicki is someone who bucks that trend and actually can perform? for fantasy owners in his rookie year? Yeah, because similar to if you look at last year, Evan Ingram with the Giants, they don't Mm. have a lot of options. And that's the fact is they don't have a lot. They have Stills and Parker and then some retreads in Danny Amendola who can't stay healthy for what it's worth. And also if you look at the fact that Albert Wilson, excuse me, hasn't ever done really that much in his career so far. So there's an opportunity here where he could be the third best option in this team. Maybe he's only fourth, but there's a chance. And if you're the third best passing option on this team, maybe you get enough to get 600 yards and five touchdowns. As you guess what? You're going to be in the tight end one conversation. Right, because that's all. Everybody's going to be in the tight end one conversation. All you need is a five in front of that in the first number of your yards, and you're probably in uh, somewhere in that tight end one conversation if you could put the touchdowns there together on it. Jake, you know what we do. We go on over to mybookie.ag, and I see the season win total for the Miami Dolphins right now at six and a half to seven, depending on the shop that you're in. Jake, 
I'm all over the under on this team. I do not think, I do not believe in Ryan Tannehill. We didn't even talk about him. I think he's Fugazi. I think the, I think the organization also knows it. Remember, the Dolphins were one of those teams that were kind of uh, rumored to maybe trade up in the draft to maybe try and get a guy like Josh Rosen if they could get up that far. I, to be quite honest, Jake, I think the Miami Dolphins are in the worst position in this division in terms of like the cycles. You know the Patriots are going to be there. But when Tom Brady eventually moves on and when the Patriots eventually take a step back, I think the Jets are best positioned because they've acknowledged they've gone young. They have their new quarterback already. Buffalo, they're they're trying to go young. I just don't agree that Josh Allen is going to take them anywhere. For me, the Miami Dolphins, it seems like they're in a long-term relationship that they know is going to end in a breakup, but they're just still there for another six months to a year with that girl that they know is not the right fit for them. It's going to be another year or two until they acknowledge that they need to do that. So in my opinion, when the Patriots kind of do take a step back, the Jets will be primed and ready. And the Dolphins, I said to Scott, will be only at the point of their cycle where they're like now drafting their new quarterback with the number two overall pick. I think that they are kind of in the worst position to take advantage whenever the Patriots do, in fact, take a step back. And for those reasons, I would take the under on the Miami Dolphins. Do you agree, Jake? I uh, Well, it's got a lot of things to disagree or agree with there because you threw out a lot of statements. So it's not I did, I did. I mean, I'm taking the under on the Dolphins, but I don't necessarily mm. think that they're in the worst position to take advantage in future years because you said okay. it. they were talking about trading up to possibly get a quarterback. If they are inside the top six picks, as I say, they should be next year. <laughs> right. I mean, that, that the quarterback class next year is not even close. I mean, it's honestly, as of today, maybe somebody surprises us. There's, uh, in my opinion, right now, there's not a quarterback that's deserving of the top 10 next year. So maybe something happens. Maybe they find a quarterback. Maybe one of the free agents finds their way to Miami. I don't know. Maybe right. they do something that surprises everybody. But the fact is, is they're a quarterback and a, a piece or two on defense away from being a decent team. It just as of right now, the way that this roster is constructed is there's nothing there. And that's why I think they're one of the six worst organizations talent-wise in the NFL. But... This team always knows how to play the the, 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 Panth- the Patriots. They somehow find a they way split to with the win. Patriots almost every year. Almost every year. So that's what I'm saying is I think that, you know, if you're talking about this team threatening the Patriots, you're thinking about threatening the Patriots in a year or two anyway, once Tom Brady's gone. You tell me two years from now, being at the top of the draft, being able to look towards the future, I think – that where I would say, you know what, I don't see they're any different than anybody else because they'll be drafting at the top of the draft in the next two years. But at the same time, they would ha- that's a lot of assumed talent they're adding. No, absolutely. You do have to, as we move out further and further in years, you do got to speculate a little bit more. I'm just thinking that, what, what, let's say it's two years. You know, if that's the point where the Dolphins realize that they got to address quarterback, my hope as a Jets fan, Jake, is that at the same time, people are thinking that Sam Darnold is this, like, ascending quarterback who's ready and primed to take a step forward. That would be my hope, which I believe would have the Jets a little bit ahead of the Dolphins kind of in this cycle of it all. Um, Jake, the one other thing I want to ask you about the Dolphins, and I think, uh, you know, I'm, I'm worried that you might poo-poo it, but that's okay. I'm going to throw it out anyway. You know, 
And it relates to this anthem stuff, Jake. It relates to this anthem protest. Now, I'm not getting into the societal aspects of it all, okay? We're here for fantasy sports analysis. My question, Jake, is, you know, you heard the Dolphins owner come out and say they may suspend players for four games. You heard the Giants owners come out and say, listen, they'll respect however people want to express themselves. They will not suspend it. We know that the NFLPA and the NFL are kind of like going back into their cubby holes and trying to figure out something because they see how this could get very, very messy. Jake, do you think we will ever get to a place where you have to consider what team a player is on and what their anthem policy is because they might stand more of a risk to miss games by via suspension? Like, might we ever get to that place if there's going to be no. team by team differences in how they treat it? No, because they already, as you said, they already came in and squashed it and said, we're not going with anything now. So, no. I don't, I don't um, all right. I mean, you know, these things, these things are very inconsistent with the NFL. I agree. You know, listen, they they're going back because they saw the kind of firestorm as soon as one team. And that was the Dolphins. So I figured out I'd I'd mention it here um, because we were talking about the Dolphins. But Jake and I both like the under. There is some will Devontae Parker take that step forward. And can Mike Gusicki be the uh, anomaly first year tight end that uh, actually produces for owners? Remember, Jake saying similar. Similar to Evan Ingram, the key there is the the uh, presence of other pass catchers, other potential targets. And if there's none there, maybe Gasicki can be a boon to fantasy owners in year one. Jake, one of the things we've been doing is we've been trying to find ways to give our fans, uh, you know, Roto Experts exclusive edge fantasy football packages. If you want to go get it on your own, don't forget to enter the promo code ALLINKID at checkout and you'll get a little bit of a discount. One of the things we're also going to do, Jake, is we are going to, you know, talk about fantasy team names, right? And people name their teams all sorts of stuff. It's really fun, you know, puns on their their, their best players' names. You know, Jake, that I got nicknames up the yin-yang for players and been saying them on the Fantasy Sports Network for a while now, but Scott has uh, agreed that what we're going to do here is we are going to give an in-season package, Jake, to whoever we agree has the kind of most fun fantasy football team name. And so what we've set up, and big shout out to our guy JP filling in for Chris Bavona, the night owl down there and the fantasy pit of misery, dilly dilly to him on the fourth floor. What we're going to do, Jake, Check out the uh, design of this, and we'll get your feedback, and then we'll plow on forward. You got my top five. You got Scott's top five. You got your top five. And then the producers as well, the ones that come up, and people are submitting different team names to us on Twitter or by calling in. The number is 844-843-6879. And we're going to try and play the name game and form our own top five. The producer will maintain this spreadsheet for us. And then what we're going to do, heading into week one, we'll take – my top name, your top name, Scott's top name, and the producer's top name. We'll put those four team names, or if we agree and there's only three, then so be it. We'll put that up as a poll in week one of the NFL season, and whoever wins will win an exclusive edge in-season package. And Scott has also offered that we will call, they can hop on the phone with us, and we'll give them a week of lineup preparation over the phone, uh, whoever wins this contest. By we, I mean Scott Engel, though, Jake. How do you feel about this, Jake? Uh, that's fine. It's interesting. I think, But I don't think we should cool. have our I don't think we should have our team names in there because aren't we trying to give away? Yeah, I was just filling in cells for now. <laughs> okay. All right. 
I was just filling in cells for now as we move on because we're going to have to like move and shake some things, right? So I was just putting in there for now. You're absolutely right, Jake, because what I have in there is your guy, Royce the 5'9 Freeman. But these will be submissions from our listeners and fans, okay? Hit us up on Twitter, at Spittin' Speeds, at All In Kid, at Roto Experts, at Scotty uh, Roto X if you want to get down. Or you can always call us at 844-843-6879. Jake, what do you think? I got a guy, uh, Jim Martell. Uh, one of my followers on Twitter hit me up, and I know you're a Giants fan. What do you think about this one? Saquon, these nuts. Nah. Nah, you don't like that? Doesn't make your your top five? Nah. We can do better? All right. Yeah. Jake says we can do better. If you want to join the fun and you have an <laughs> idea, okay, hit us up on I'll just Twitter. Let, I'll just let join you know. Join the show. Go ahead. You're never everybody out there listening. Sorry, Jim, and everybody else that's on that thought process. But you're <laughs> never gonna no. You're never gonna get my vote if it's eighth grade humor. You're just not. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. You you want to be more sophisticated? Is that what it you're saying? It doesn't have to be sophisticated, be sophisticated, but like anything with like these nuts and all that type of stuff. That's just never. That's not never made me laugh. Got you. Uh, you know my dynasty league. I told you I got my man Patty Mahomes right now. I'm on. That's Mahomes essay, and you need the essay because that makes you pronounce the Mahomes in the right way. You feel me? Yeah, I got you. What? There you go. What are some of the best you've ever heard, though, Jake? What are some of the best you've ever heard? Uh, have you had know. any had had any great ones from team names in the past? No, no? No, I, no, I probably have, but I don't do well with the whole off the top of your head. List You're not a, oh, it's not the freestyle. That's why with me, we do the fantasy freestyle. So yeah, I can never freestyle. I can tell you right now. I can. I can. I could rap if you gave me some music and you like. I gotta I give you some li- time for you to write like, down a sixteen. No, yeah, I I I've ne- I will never in my life be able to freestyle rap off the top. Like I could, we did uh, insane in the membrane one day, and I was doing all the lyrics oh, yeah. to that. Uh, what was the jump around with House of Pain? Like I could do all these things because sure. re- because I remember the lyrics, but I'm it not works. gonna. Right, right, right. Like last year, my team name was I would walk five hundred miles with a Y, like that song. Oh, uh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. I would walk 500 yeah. Yeah. miles. Exactly. Yeah. But th- that's the thing. But I like your Royce the 5'9 Freeman, uh, Jake. And as you know, on this network, I have been saying, you know, different nicknames for people all over the place. Like, can you digs it? It's a new day. All sorts of things like that. that yeah. can I'm looking at my home team. Be team or my names. home league right now. No, I was just saying. I was looking to see if there's inglorious Staffords. Somebody did that one. Oh, I like that. That's not bad. That's not yeah. bad. Um, the best I've ever, the funniest I've ever heard. Do you remember the, uh, there was a, a Chargers wide receiver, Jake. It was something like Legadoo or whatever, a mama Legadoo. Yeah. Do you remember that yeah. guy? So yeah. it was like some guy on my team literally spent his like 20th round draft pick on that guy literally just to make the team name like uh, why, why take a thigh when a do or something like that as one team name. Seriously? Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it didn't maintain for that long, but you know, sometimes people just want way, to be funny with their team names. Yeah, way back in the day, I had Rage Against the Vereen. So that's a good one. That's a good one. I uh, once I cha- I I owned Le'Veon Bell. I changed my team name that year mid-season to be Call Me on My Bell Phone, and literally that week he tore his ACL. 
So I was like, ah, I guess clearly, clearly that's uh, me putting a kibosh on him. But as we move on, so remember, though, guys, if you want to get down and you want to get a chance to win an in-season exclusive edge uh, fantasy football package, you could do right now. You could enter the all-in kid at checkout for a little bit of a discount. But if you want to get a free one, hit us up with what your most creative team name is. And uh, we'll be evaluating them, Jake, over the next six weeks. But there's only six weeks until the season starts. So we got to get it going. Jake, the last thing I wanted to mention, and, uh, you know, we only got a couple of minutes, but I wanted to keep it lighthearted. Jake, sometimes we talk a little bit of wrestling. And did you see uh, good old Steph is going to be back out tonight with a historic announcement? I have a uh, prediction. I want to bounce what I think that historic announcement is going to be off of you. Is it I, we're trying to get the ratings back? Because that's what it yeah, is. That's what it may be. I think, um, I think they're going to announce a uh, women's tag team uh, championship. Mm. I think they're going to introduce women's tag team belts. Eh, that'd, be a, that'd be something that probably makes a lot of sense. You know, because sure. they got that much talent. And Stephanie's coming out. I think it's representing the women's I, brand on I some I thought level. they were going to announce an all-women's pay-per-view. Ooh. Interesting. I mean, you're thinking the same line. You're thinking of the same line as me, right? Um, and maybe they could do both. Maybe it could be an all women's pay per view where there's some level of like tag team tournament in that pay per view to crown the champion. You never know. Yeah. But we and shall I see. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, neither do I. But hey, it is historic. You know, you got to give props to the ladies there as well. Jake, this AFC East is the last division that we're talking about. We did the Miami Dolphins. We let people know a little bit about even guys like Kalen Balage um, and Mike Gasicki there for the Dolphins. We like the under. A um, little bit later on this week, we're going to keep on talking about the AFC East. What do you got going on on Frenzy this week, Jake? We only got a minute left. I know you had your interview with Tomlin and stuff like that. What are the, uh, what are the listeners going to be treated to this week? Can you give me just a little bit, wet the whistle of the listeners? No, we should have asked beforehand because I can't because I don't run the show. That's Corey. I have ah, no idea. But still, you, you, no. you're in play. You don't know. You just show on up. Pretty much. All right. Cor- Corey decides like two minutes before the show starts. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Our guy Corey Parson is back, and he's there working really hard. He's with Carton and Friends, which is next for us. But remember here, as we head on out today, so many ways you could join the show. You could always holler at us at 844-843-6879. Let us know your fantasy football team name. And right now, Jake, the, it, we've moved the needle a little bit. 39% say Marlon Mack, 36% say Carlos Hyde as the incumbent running back with the best chance to hold off their rookie fighting for the job. Only 17% say Devontae Booker. Only 8% say Chris Carson. That does it for us this week. Check out Jake later on today on Frenzy and otherwise. He's all over this network as the number one accuracy ranker in the business. We'll be back tomorrow talking more AFCs and everything you need to win your leagues and win that cash. Roto Experts in the morning. Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Have a great day, Jake. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.